0: it was at that point where we said, wow, you know, not only did this one kid help thousands of kids, but he also inspired a hundred plus kids just by giving them that outlet to give back. And that was really eye-opening for me to say, well, what if we not only help people, but inspire kids, no matter what age you are, to teach them the value and importance of service to others and giving back.
1: Welcome to the in factor, Conversations about how great entrepreneurs started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and today we have a special holiday program with the founder of Little St. Nick Foundation, Ray Moeller, and his business partner, Will White. Ray and Will are University of Tampa alumni, and Little St. Nick is currently part of the incubator program here at the Loth Entrepreneurship Center. The Little St. Nick Foundation is a non for profit organization with a mission of helping to reduce anxiety among children who are hospitalized. The foundation is currently working with hospitals in New York and Tampa, and their goal is to expand into all 50 states to develop and nurture a nationwide culture of volunteerism and service to others among kids of all ages. In this episode, you will hear how Ray started this organization as a six-year-old and as a result of his own hospitalization experiences. Ray and Will also share great insights into the opportunities and challenges of leadership and entrepreneurship in not-for-profit organizations. I hope you enjoy the gift of this heartwarming story. Well, Ray and Will, thank you for joining me today on InFactor.
0: Oh, it's our pleasure to be here.
2: We're glad to be here. Thank you so much.
1: It's uh, really exciting for me because, uh, you know, we have two University of Tampa students who also are involved in some of the programming that we offer through the Low Center. Um, so it's, uh, you know, special today to be able to share your story and uh, the name of your uh, not-for-profit, Little St. Nick, I think is it ha- perfect for this time of year. And so we're really excited to be able to share your story here around the holidays. So I'd love to start. I know, Ray, you started Little St. Nick uh, when you were just a little thing. <laughs> I think maybe six years old or something like that. Um, and, you know, the, the listeners can't see the camera, but you're all grown up now, so... <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the story of Little Saint Nick, how it originated and um, and, you know, you know, just a little bit about the history of the company. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, so I'm originally from Long Island and I woke up one morning at age four and I had pain in both of my hips and I couldn't walk. So my parents immediately took me to the local children's hospital, which today is now Cohen's Children's Medical Center Hospital. We still service to this day and it was a very traumatic situation, had no idea what was wrong with me, nothing to do to keep me distracted, and it was a long eight hours. Luckily, at the end of the day, I was able to leave the hospital. I found that I had a rare hip joint disease called leg calf perthes, which is a lack of blood flow to the hips, and for two years outside of the hospital, I had to wear a brace on my legs for 12 hours a day, and I couldn't do any sort of activity, Uh, but Luckily, after the two years, I was all cured, and at the time, all that was important to me was I got to go home from the hospital. So on the way home, I asked my parents, what about those other kids? Do they get to go home today, too? And they said, well, no, sometimes kids have to stay in the hospital for days or months or years, and I couldn't believe that. So I kept asking, what can I do? How can I help those kids? And with my birthday being Christmas Eve, eventually I asked if I can give my birthday and Christmas gifts back to the hospital I was in after I turned five. And my parents said, sure, we'll help you however we can. And right after I turned five and went back to the hospital, I gave my gifts. And it was such a great feeling that I wanted to do more. So the following holiday season, I not only gave my own gifts, but prior to going to the hospital, I asked friends and family uh, locally for toy donations. And I was able to give three times the amount of toys to the hospital I was in and you know, from that point on, my parents said, well, we could do air conditioning and heating, but we'll help you form a nonprofit if you want to keep doing this. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of snowballed over the years. And it was always my vision as a kid growing up, thinking of what other kids in hospitals would want. So it's always had that kid to kid relationship, which is something that we're really trying to keep happening right now. And, uh, you know, went from that once a year, toy donation to go into the hospital and bring in thousands of toys, to go in and visit in the kid's bedside with a celebrity or a sports athlete, to throw in a really big hospital toy party where the kids can come down, get their face painted, color in t shirts, pick out toys, dance, play games, uh, to our gift bag program where now every day of the year in a hospital we work with, a kid receives a gift bag upon their entry with a coloring book, crayon stuffed animal and a get well card made by another kid. So that was kind of it forever, you know, a small little operation on Long Island. And, you know, my parents carrying out the logistics and me as a kid thinking of what other kids would want.
1: Right, right. What a beautiful story. And, and the name Little St. Nick and your birthday and, um, and everything that you've done from there. It's just, uh, it's, it's a really beautiful story. And, and, uh, you know, do you, do you, uh, so, so you have parents who are also business owners, right? So I'm sure they've been role models throughout this. Are they still involved with your company?
0: Yeah, heavily. I mean, uh, you know, it was, you know, they have a family business and this became like a secondary one. Um, you know, it was all my, my family's connections to getting people to the events and volunteers were, you know, their friends and, you know it was very much their their involved my mom actually uh she does all the bookkeeping for their air conditioning business and now she does it for us as well uh voluntarily and uh you know my dad's the vice uh chairman of our board and you know they're uh always going to be very involved it's uh my dad they call it their non-paying job and uh, <laughs> they they really get a lot of joy out of it from all the good things that that happened nothing really uh you know, seems to go wrong, even on the you know, administrative side of things, everything kind of just works out uh, and we always call it the power of St. Nick.
1: Right. Things right.
0: just kind of go good from doing good.
1: Yeah. And I mean, as I'm, I'm, as I'm looking at both you and Will, and you know, we're, we're, uh, we're on the screen right now, but, but I think we're all smiling just thinking about this because the holidays Um, you know, are so special for little ones. And it's really sad that many of them do have to spend the holidays uh, in the hospital and other times, as you pointed out, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. It's still a really, really challenging experience. So this started a few years ago, because uh, how many, what year was that when you started this? So you've been in business now.
0: Two thousand and four was the official launch of the organization. Okay,
1: yeah. okay. So, you know, you you've been in business now for quite a while, right. and uh, you've engaged a lot of people. You mentioned a lot of volunteers. Talk, you know, I know that Will is now working with you and your company. So, bring us up to speed. Your your company is now um, it, it's it started in New York in Long Island, and you now have a Tampa-based uh, office, which I think Will overseas but talk to us a little about the organization and then I want to circle back and talk a little bit more about not not-for-profits in particular
0: yeah. yeah so like I said forever it was just a small little operation on Long Island we had one f- fundraising event a year one revenue stream and we collected a bunch of money we gave it all away and there was really no strategic thought to it and when I decided to come down to UT in 2016 as a student you know I really didn't know where I what I wanted to do with it Uh, But right before I came down here, I was on a Nickelodeon documentary called The Halo Effect, which highlighted 10 kids from across the country who do community service work. And a 12-year-old boy from St. Louis reached out and said, I saw the show when I was in the hospital with a broken leg, and I want to do what you do. So I said, all right, you know, do a fundraiser or something. You know, we're not in St. Louis. He said, no, no, I want to have a volunteer event and pack the gift bags and do a toy drive and have a hospital party, all the things that he saw on the show. So he said, okay, you know, uh, I'll send you some stuff and I'll guide you and I'll come out to you my Thanksgiving break. So we go to St. Louis with a little camera crew thinking it could be pretty cool to record all this. And this 12 year old boy with just a single mom organized a library space that he reserved. He got a hundred honor society kids to come that were older than him to pack gift bags, make out well cards, organize at four different hospitals to give the bags to, did a toy drive organized for us to go to one of the hospitals and have one of our big parties. So it was at that point where we said, wow, you know, not only did this one kid help thousands of kids, but he also inspired 100 plus kids just by giving them that outlet to give back. And that was really eye-opening for me to say, well, what if we not only help people, but inspire kids, no matter what age you are, to teach them the value and importance of service to others and giving back. And it was from that point, we said, let's get a larger board. We got an actual office space in Long Island. And, you know, in June of 2017, we kind of said, all right, well, now what? You know, we built a business plan. We never had that, um, uh, which actually a UT professor, John Castleone helped me build for for, for, uh, months uh, leading up to that. And, uh, you know, we kind of came up with our gift bag as our easily duplicatable thing that it's an easy thing for kids to pack, to volunteer with, and it's easy for us to make an impact every day of the year with it. So we were kind of testing things out in New York with some of our volunteer base and our, uh, our we had a chapter leader family up there while I was down here at UT getting kind of the business um, aspect of things while being an entrepreneurship major. And then we would test things out down here. And all right, we have this event in New York. Let's try it in Tampa. Then we got in with the hospital here. All right, well, this is how they work down here in Tampa. How can we do that in New York? And, um, you know, that kind of just snowballed again over the years. And we have a real great base in New York. And now we brought on Will here to help us in Tampa because we have a lot of momentum uh, of things happening.
1: So give me a few metrics. Um, how many children have you impacted and lives have you do? You- you know, have you, um, have you impacted what other measures do you have of your success that you could share with us?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, count's been over 2 million, uh, kids and families served just in hospitals. Um, you know, currently we're getting, um, hundreds of kids to volunteer a month. We get get well cards shipped in from all over the world. Um, we give out anywhere from 500 to 1,000 gift bags a month, based on the hospital's uh, demand right now. And um, you know, our goal and and having Will here in Tampa is to strategically partner with the hospitals to have a two-way relationship. Uh, you know, as I kind of mentioned, it was always just raise money and give, and no real thought behind it. Well, now you know our board kind of all got together to hey, table. Well, you know, we probably could work better with these hospitals like we do in Tampa, where we work with their foundation board, and it's a nice relationship. So. It's kind of where we're at now. Is you know, let's strategically partner with hospitals to keep helping more kids, whether it's in Tampa, New York, or any state. You know, our goal is to be in all fifty states eventually.
1: That's what I was going to ask. If you have goals to, you're, you're up and down the the uh, the eastern seacoast, but you've got you've got you've got some experience in the Midwest with St. Louis and and lots of opportunity elsewhere, not just in the US, but globally. And so, you know, the sky's kind of the limit in all this, right? If you really want, want to take it a little bit further. So I'm really curious, uh, Will, what attracted you to being involved? I mean, uh, you know, it sounds like a wonderful story, but for you, you know, what, what was, you know, you're, you're, you've decided to take this path, um, you know, after graduating. And so I'm really curious about that that commitment
2: so I uh, got connected with Ray back in 2018 I was involved in student government and he was looking to bring the organization on campus as an on-campus organization through my involvement I helped him with that process and upstream like that and worked with the student government president at the time uh James Messliner. and then when I ran for president as well we worked I continued working with Ray to plan events and unfortunately COVID shut down a lot of the big plans that we had for the end of the year But um, that caused me to move home and I was without a job for a while and Ray and I stayed connected and we would talk here and there. And then he reached out to me and I had fallen in love with the story when I originally found out about it and wanted to help out. And it's such a great way to be able to help so many kids and to be able to make that experience easier. I mean, I remember when I was in the hospital because I had to get stitches on my face and it was like 1 a.m. when it happened and I was terrified (laughs) and I didn't want to be there. And I was I was 13 at the time too. So I can only imagine being even younger and having been in the hospital for my first time would have been terrible. So just something as simple as that, like being able to help out any kid in that situation. And he reached out to me back in June. I was managing the beach club that I manage over the summer. And he's like, Hey, uh, I'm looking to get things started in Tampa. We got a lot going on. And I've been wanting to be back in Tampa since the day I left. And he's like, you know, I'm looking for a job. And I was like, yeah, I think I might know somebody. And he's like, what are you up to these days? I'm like, actually, I'm looking for a job. Like, let's, let's do this. And so I went, drove up to Long Island like a couple weeks later and got to see what they do. And we got to go visit a children's center and drop off a bunch of toys and meet some of the people that volunteer that have been inspired by Ray and the families too, like all of all ages. People he had he had volunteers helping them and it was just so incredible. And I knew that when we got to Tampa, we were going to be able to do. Great things and be able to work with so many different people. And then he told me that we'd be working on campus in the Entrepreneurship Center. And I was like, you, I was like, this is everything I've ever needed. Like, (laughs) like, sign me up. Like, let me get down there. Like, when I can, let's do this. So it's just been so amazing that I can work for something that has such an incredible mission. and also be in the place I love doing something that I love.
1: Yeah. You know, we joke about the center, which is beautiful. Um, and how, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to compete with that when, when you graduate out <laughs> as a company. But uh, we're excited to have you this year, you know, working on building Little St. Nick. So let's talk a little bit about a not-for-profit. It's uh, it's an IRS tax Uh, designation, and those don't get handed out easily. And you mentioned uh, you're smiling because I know there's always a lot of challenges with it. But you mentioned uh, several things that I would love to dig into a little bit about the operations of what you do. And um, I guess let's start a little bit with your, your, you said your parents helped you get the IRS designation when you were about six years old, I think. So they really helped you a lot uh, for a number of years. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what it means to be a not-for-profit and kind of, um, you know, you mentioned your board and I know fundraising has to be a part of things. So can you tell us a little bit about a day in the life for, you know, for the two of you, and what what kinds of things you have to do, and what the business, how the business operates.
0: Yeah, well, Will, you know, I, I slowly educate him on things every day that something comes up, and you know, I, I learn something new every day while while doing this. Um, you know, we we have a, a top notch uh, accountant on Long Island who actually specializes in nonprofit accounting and goes around updating uh, local. Uh, lawyers on the new nonprofit laws and regulations because it's always changing. Um, I always tell everyone this, and you know, this is something that uh, you know, being in the center when I did the New Venture Expo as a student and talking to people through the accelerator program, you know, you say nonprofit, and even these established businessmen and women look at you uh, like not differently, but like a little bit like they're kind of confused on what's going on just because mm-hmm. they don't really understand it. And the easiest way to explain it, it's the same exact thing as running a business, but harder. (laughs) There's all these different rules and regulations you got to follow to the point where one of our mottos is don't mess with the IRS.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs)
0: uh, You know, when we're thinking, of, hmm, should we do this? Should we do that? Well, let's ask our accountant and let's err on the side of caution. Uh, Just because like you said, you're right. It's uh, hard to get that nonprofit status and it's easy to take it, but get it taken away. Right. Um, right. So, you know, it's, we're very by the book with things um, we're always asking questions, but you know, on a day to day, it's the same thing, you know, all right. You know, what are our revenue streams? How can we streamline our, our processes better? Um, you know, like I mentioned, this went from no business plan, no real board other than my parents and one fundraising event a year. You know, now we have the fundraising events, too, in New York. We have our reps uh, here in Tampa every day collecting donations and spreading our mission. Uh, We have over 150 monthly donors currently. Um, We have event sponsors. We have sponsors for our gift bag programs. Um, You know, all that stuff, though, is just the same general. All right, well, you know, you have a product or service, you know, all right, what are your revenue streams? Um,
1: And constantly pitching it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And pivoting. I mean, COVID and pivoting. Um, you know, we would have a, a toy drive back in New York just in the month of December. We collect 5000 plus toys um, and then COVID hit in the hospital says, well, we don't want to store all these toys. Uh, we'll take 100. <laughs> so now I'm taking up, you know, my office space, my dad's warehouse space of all these toys and they're just sitting there um when when meanwhile our biggest expense are our gift bags you know that's our main expense for every day of the year uh you know we're giving out these gift bags and that's really become our main mission now so we said, what if we change these drives to focusing just on the items in the gift bags because the hospital are still taking those right now during covid because it becomes such an essential part and we realize that you know when a kid gets a gift bag they're distracted now their families don't have to worry about distracting their kids, so they can be more present. Now the hospital doctors and nurses have better interactions with the patient and their families. So during COVID, the hospital said, "No, no, we need these gift bags. We don't care about you know COVID."
1: Mm-hmm, <laughs> um,
0: so then we said, "Okay, wow, you know this this worked out really well. So let's do more drives. Well, what if we did drives year round? Because we give these gift bags out year round. So then you know all of 2021." We did uh, drives year round. We just did about eight events this month, just here in Tampa. And the businesses are going out and actually purchasing all of the items. So we get to an event now and we just show up with the bags and bins and everything else is there. Their employees or kids are coming and packing the bags, making the get well cards and we're saving costs. They're doing team building camaraderie. And, uh, you know, everyone wins. So we say, great, this was never a thing we did or thought of. So now let's go with that. And let's try to be, you know, fully funded for our gift bags on these in-kind donations, we call it, which is when someone donates an item uh, instead of a monetary one. So constantly pivoting just by realizing what people around us want and how they want to give. And Will's kind of seen that firsthand the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. It's
2: just been so awesome to see, like, um, the way the businesses have been working together and coming together and using it as, this team bonding activity and taking time from their day to kind of relax and enjoy themselves while also working towards this mission and helping these kids out and everyone's coming together and being able to just bring it in and it raised very said it was so easy just showing up and this is something that they want to continue doing. And we had one business that shipped the bags to all seven of their offices around Florida. And they they all did the event on the same day. And now they're shipping them all back and we're going to be able to bring them to the hospital. And it's just awesome to see this feeling of people coming together and working together as a team to not only help our mission, but help the kids.
1: Yeah. That, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's such a great, uh, I like the way that you framed that because you're right. It, it's everything that applies to, a for-profit venture applies. Yeah. Um, but you do have all the added layers of bureaucracy about how you do everything. And and so really smart, I think, to bring in a re- really top talent, very specialized. You know, that's one of the things that I know we talk about in our classes, making sure you get specialized help. Uh, an accountant that understands what you're doing and an at- a team of attorneys and And, um, and then, uh, you know, you talk about the, you know, pivoting and, and having to adapt to to the pandemic, same thing that happened to um, every, virtually every business out there trying to figure out, and it's kind of interesting, I hadn't thought about the fact that hospitals were your main target, but during COVID, they, they, you know, probably stopped some of the Elective things that children might have had. There were still a lot of emergency things, I'm sure, but that probably changed a lot for you. So you had to adapt to that. And that's a really interesting, uh,
0: yeah.
1: interesting effect of uh, COVID that I hadn't thought of.
0: Yeah. Another thing, too, that, you know, talking about the business side of things, things being harder when you, you know, perform a service or sell a product, people don't care where their money's going. But when someone makes a donation, they want to know, all right, well, how is this impacting and how much of this is actually going to, you know, helping kids. Sure. And that's the beauty of these drives we've been doing is people have been purchasing items and 100% of that purchase <laughs> is going right to a kid. We can't take, you know, an arm off a stuffed animal and use it for something else. Right,
1: exactly, <laughs> so, exactly.
0: You know, in-kind donations have been really great. And that's why, you know, we want to create a local feel wherever we are because if people are giving right here in Tampa Bay, we want their money to stay right here or in New York or or vice versa. So that's kind of our model. It's not, all right, great. Yeah. Send in a donation and it'll go to our office in New York and we'll, you know, see what we want to do with it. No, you know, our, we get, I don't know, anywhere from 50 to hundred donations a day uh, on top of our monthlies. And, you know, majority of them right now are in the Tampa area from our reps and, you know, we want to ensure everyone knows exactly where it's going here. And, you know, we got to paint that picture on social media and through emails and texting and I send out videos and, you know, we really want people to feel that they're, they're giving in a way, you know, physically.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, that there's a big emotional aspect to what you do. So, you yeah. know, you have, and, and so you have to have a marketing team, just like any other business out there. And you're constantly pitching and selling and, and, um, and sharing the mission of what you're doing. So, talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges that you've faced. Um, You know, one of the things I always like to talk about on this podcast um, is kind of, uh, you know, how failure and. And how failure can be a part of the journey of success almost in every case, and, and how it can be, a, you know, for most people, a great learning experience. So, talk to us a little about some of the things you've, you know, or maybe share a story of something that you've, you've had to deal with along the way that hasn't turned out quite like you expected. And what have you learned from that?
0: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I've learned is dealing with people. Um, and, you know, in the nonprofit world, you know, no one went to push versus give someone their space in a sense, because I, you know, when people give, whether it's their money or their time to us or even board members, you know, we're tertiary in their level of extreme importance of, you know, first it's my family then it's my job and then it's my giving and philanthropy and everything else. Um, so, you know, when we're trying to put on an event or trying to get a sponsor for, you know, whatever it may be, and you know maybe they're not getting back to you or they said they're gonna do something and they didn't yet knowing you know that balance and knowing who you're dealing with and oh hey you know this person really responds well to my dad and they're just really not answering me so you know what dad can you reach out to them and you know those type of people things you know these things they don't teach you in school maybe this one but uh, not not many schools do um you know people are are everything the hardest thing in in business is finding the right people um whether it's working with you or, or people to support you. So that's really been, you know, our challenge of where we're at now. It's all right. You know, how can we engage people on a high level? Uh, which is even harder because they're even busier people that are doing big things to want to be able to help or to connect us. Uh, and I, you know, kind of explain to Will all the time, Hey, you know, reach out to the person. All right. They didn't reach out for a couple of weeks all right now, follow up with them. And, you know, all those, those people skills of, you know, staying on top of someone but not being in their face because they were tertiary in a sense to their their thought process of importance
1: you know it's uh it's it's really so inspiring to see both of you working so hard and and i'm so proud of both of you and it's interesting you mentioned that there are people that that say well you know who is this young guy and uh, i want to talk to you mentioned your your father or somebody, somebody maybe a bit older do you run into that very often uh, people that just can't quite believe that you're running such a successful not for profit at such a young age
0: yeah i mean um, not in a, not in a way that people are saying ah, i don't know this seems kind of weird this kid's running it just more of a you know majority of people are my towards my dad's age of 60. And, you know, they may just respond better to him. I don't Some of this make no sense to me, but I don't question. I say, great. They're going to answer you. Let's go with it. And, <laughs> and you just give them a call, dad. Thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's great to have them. And, and, you know, there, there is a lot to be said for having role models. I had a mom who was an entrepreneur and, and, uh, that, that greatly inspired and affected the way that I approach the world and, and my work and, you know, my whole entrepreneurial mindset. So what is, uh, so you mentioned that you're looking at strategic partnerships with hospitals. And so what, uh, what, what's ahead, what's ahead for uh, little St. Nick, what are you trying to accomplish these days? Um, you know, that, that, uh, can kind of move you to the next level of where you want to go.
0: Yeah. Well, any hospital, like I was talking about before, just because of the impact wants our gift bags. Um, the thing on our end is, all right, well, how can we partner with them? Whether it's funding, whether it's having us be a part of your events, having us be a part of, you know, your donor group meetings, your board meetings, whatever it is, you know, uh, because we are having an impact every single day and changing the jobs and the quality of the jobs of the people in your hospital, how can we effectively work together? Um, You know, uh, this hospital in New York, we started working with their executive director, got our gift bag with his young son. And he said, great, I need this in my hospital. Just simply facilitated a link to his 800 employees. They raised almost $9,000 for us. Uh, All the employees know about it. They all love it. They're all doing things outside of the hospital to support us. You know, they're packing the bags as a hospital to give to their patients. I mean, it's just a great feeling. And we say, well, why can't we do this everywhere? Um, so that is why we are only work with two hospitals in New York and right now just one in Tampa but whether it's here in Tampa New York a new city if we have that strategic partnership whether it's a hospital whether it's a business that says hey I would love to sponsor uh, you know x amount of bags for you to work with you know this hospital whatever it is you know we'll go there and then we'll bring on someone like Will to you know start having the volunteer events and you know we can have our reps come in to collect donations and you know, kind of get started from there. So we kind of look at it as, all right, let's get some type of good thing going in an area before we fully launch there. Uh, And really right now in Tampa, it's just about, you know, we'll building on all the great things we have here because we really uh, just need to focus on building those hospital connections and those high-level business connections on the ground here.
1: It's classic scaling. You know, Every company goes through this. And so you've created a model that works and um, you'll work it until it doesn't work. And then you'll pivot and and figure out the next model. But that's a lot of the value that, that you bring to the hospitals that want to do this. You've got the model and you've got somebody like Will that you mentioned can go in, organize it, put it together for the hospital and then Bring about that amazing positive impact for all those little children. I, I just wanted to um, kind of dig in for just a minute on your board because uh, you've mentioned your board several times, um, and you've certainly got. Um, it sounds like they've been a big part of helping you grow and build your company. Could you talk about um, you know your board and how you built that, and and um, what that board means as as a not for profit? Uh, for you?
0: Yeah. Um, well, just like I mentioned, you know, having that advantage in New York with my dad there, you know, all of our supporters, volunteers, and people coming to events stemmed from them. So when it was time to get a board, we thought of, all right, you know, who are some successful people in my dad's circle that, you know, are inspired from being involved over the years and coming to the events? And we built out a board. Uh, right now we have about 10 people on the board, all people that have either built companies or uh, you know, our CEOs of small companies or as the CEO of a 5,000 international, um, sales company. And, um, you know, we kind of just get everyone's take and feedback. And, you know, the funny thing is no one's really ever involved in the nonprofit side. They just come to our events and that's it. So, you know, they've learned a ton since this has kind of launched and we've had some new board members come and go. And, um, you know, just kind of getting everyone's different background experience, whether it's, you know, uh, Brian, who's the executive director of a hospital, compared to Russ, who runs a sports marketing agency, to John Castleone, who's been all over the world doing business. I mean, um, you know, we have all these people with very different backgrounds. So when topics come up, and you know, we want their advice, everyone kind of sees things from a different perspective Um, so it's it's pretty cool to see and at the end of the day everyone just wants to be there to help more kids Um, so they
1: yeah so they can provide you with strategic advice and also I'm sure connections and and connections to money and other talent and and other 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 things that you need well I'm sorry go ahead
0: never had someone on the hospital side on our board until uh, Brian joined a couple of months ago, and it's kind of like opening our eyes to a whole new world. Of uh, he, he's like, hey, you know, I know what the hospital's thinking when you go to partner with them, and who you need to talk to to really get something done, and what they're going to want to see. And um, you know, just have just by having him on, now we're thinking a little differently. So you know, we like to get new blood in every once in a while, and. See how we can keep improving things.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and have it, and especially knowing that that's your strategic scaling, yeah. uh, or that your scaling strategy, uh, having somebody from a hospital makes makes a and lot of sense. And going
0: back to the um, nonprofit side of things, so all the listeners can know, the nonprofit is the the boss. That's that's the owner of the nonprofit. You know, I'm the CEO and chairman, but you know, it's the board that owns and runs and yes. operates things so right that so is something different than a traditional business where there's an owner
1: <laughs> well yeah you you report to the board that's for sure right. so well uh ray well this has been phenomenal and and i've really really enjoyed learning more and i'm i'm so glad that we can share more about what you do the work and everyone involved at little saint nick is, is it what you do is just incredible. Can you tell us where our listeners can learn more about how they can get involved with the foundation?
0: Yeah, littlestnick.org is our website. There's a bunch of old videos and news articles on there that really paint a picture of everything that uh, we've talked about today, ways, uh, events coming up, ways to volunteer or uh, to sponsor us. Um, we are on all social media platforms as well, constantly posting about things happening. So on social, media and littlestnick.org they can find everything and when you go on to the website there in under the video section uh definitely everyone check
2: out the 2021 video montage i've seen it dozens of times and it moves me every single time i watch it so i recommend that one for sure
1: Thank you. Thank you. Well, well, I'm, I'm really, as I said, proud of you all. I know you've learned a lot and you've shared a lot of great insights with our audience. So thank you for being with us today and uh, everybody go out, support Little Saint Nick. It's really a wonderful program and Ray and Will are doing a fantastic job. So thank you again for joining me today.
2: Thank, thank you so much, Dr. White, and uh, happy holidays. Yes, thank happy you.
1: Holidays. Same to you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.